This is Today's Business Leaders, actionable advice from real-world professionals. And now, here's your host, Gabe Arnold. On today's show, I have Mary Kravitz, and we are going to talk about real business lessons, not just all the fluff and bullshit that everybody else tells you. We're going to talk about real things that happen, because that's how business goes sometimes, and we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, and if you haven't uh, seen Mary's first episode, you can go back um, and look and search on todaysbusinessleaders.com, and you can check out that or in the past episodes in iTunes, um, but welcome to the show again, Mary. Thank you, Gabe. So I'll open up because it, it, this will this will warm it up for everybody. But um, this morning or, or this year, I'm trying to work out again. I took like almost 18 months off of working out at all. I worked out for five years straight or something, and then got sick and had a super minor, insignificant injury. Injury, and uh, I allowed that to be my excuse to not work out for a year. But in December, I decided, okay, time to get back at it. And so I've been um, hired a coach. I do these very simple at-home workouts that are very time efficient, which is the biggest thing for me. Um, but this morning I was working out and had one of those resistance bands under my uh, exercise ball. It snapped up and hit me right in the face. And I cussed and screamed for a little bit because it hurt. Um, but it was one of those days where I was like, Man, you know, fortunately, I don't have a lot of bad days and things do generally go well. But there are those times in business and life where um, things don't go well and how we respond to it and how we learn from it, I think, is obviously key. But I super appreciate you being willing to talk about the last year of what's happening, because I think that that's what real value is. So thank you. And with that, why don't you tell us what happened in 2018? Yeah, 2018 was the first year in all, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for about 16 years and the current business I've had for about eight years. And I've never had a year where my income went down until 2018. And it was 5%, 6%, something like that. It wasn't a huge hit, but it was just, it was shocking to be this far along yeah. and to feel like, am I going backwards now? What's happening? Um, the good news is, is that even with all of that, we didn't rack up debt, we didn't dig into personal savings. But basically, the what happened was I invested in some areas of my business that I saw as like, if I really want to get to the next level, I have to do this. And it was this massive assumption that was incorrect yeah. and for my business. It may not have been incorrect for everybody's business, but definitely for mine. Yeah. I had this idea that I had to get like an online funnel generating leads and that was the way it was all going to work for me. And once I finally arrived, I would have that. Mm -hmm. So like four years ago, I thought I'd have to do it myself. And then two years ago, I thought maybe I'll have my husband learn it. And then three years ago, I mean, it's like every year I, I was like, I was convinced this was true. And then I, I think two years ago, I got down on my knees and said, as God is my witness, I will never try doing this myself until I can hire someone to write every word of copy and do the back end systems and so forth. So that's what I did last year. It was a big investment, but I figured, okay, this is what you do. And it was a complete disaster, like on so many levels. I can it, relate. <laughs> I mean... So the thing is, is that like an, an, a successful end result is Facebook ads, spending a fortune on Facebook ads that bring results. And so, but, but even if you get it working, 
as soon as Facebook changes, you have to go through the whole expensive process of retesting. So yeah. it's, it's a broken system. It, it is an expensive, broken system. So the, the folks I was working with were not great, but they were purportedly great. Just yeah. ask them. Um, but it didn't work. They were disorganized. They were just a, a, a machine, just chunking people through quantity, not quality. I was able to negotiate a partial um, refund, which mm -hmm. I highly recommend when people don't perform. Yeah. Um, but also there was all this lost momentum of because I was not doing the things that did work, that I have worked. Yeah, I think, I think that's super key. I think there's a lot of really important pieces here. And, but what you just hit on is what the p biggest part of the pain was, is my guess, is your loss of momentum. The money's oh, the money. Awful. Like, like, not that we want to lose money, but that's kind of like, it, it happens in business. Yeah. That's not a huge deal. But imagine if, if it, if you lost a little bit of money, but you gained all the momentum, gained what you wanted, who cares? Like, whatever. That's just, that's just education money. When you lose momentum, it's super depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was just really fortunate because the most, the majority of my clients come from speaking and from referrals. And yeah. so I was fortunate that I, I had put enough focus on getting speaking engagements that I had a full fall calendar of conferences uh, because if that wasn't the case, I would have been down more than <laughs> way more than 6%. Yes. And that momentum was, was really dreadful. And I was reflecting on this too, when we're talking about which, the mistakes of last year. The other thing is I hired someone else the year before, but the results showed up at the beginning of 2018. I hired someone to help me rework my talk. Because I was like, it's not converting enough, and it needs to be, it, it just something needs to be tweaked about it. And I actually got blackballed by a group because it was too salesy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean, and I went back to them, and I apologized, and I repaired as best I can. And I just, all you can do is own it. When you screw up, you own it. And you say, this, I am learning like you are. Yep. I hired someone, I trusted them over my gut, and this is what happened. But I think that's like the theme is hire you, when you hire someone, if you've got a part of you that is going, this doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. You listen to that. There are a lot of experts out there. So pick one that's totally aligned. I couldn't agree more. I had to let a vendor go a couple of weeks or last week that, and I, I pulled a $60,000 contract from him because it just didn't feel right. And then as soon as I did, it was nice because I, I lost about six weeks of momentum, which is not the end of the world. I mean, that's still momentum, but, um, and I'll have to pay to catch up to it basically, but it was quick enough. And then I did it. And then the confirmation came that they were just not what they said they were. And I, I really like what you just said about like, you didn't do it the way you, it didn't go the way you wanted to with that other project. And then you just went back and apologized. And that is the difference between a successful leader, a successful entrepreneur, and one that fails is owning that, hey, I'm learning, I made a mistake, I didn't mean to do that, or it didn't go the way I wanted, and I'm just going to own up to it and make it right. And when you do that, you continue to have community and relationship and credibility, whereas the people that can't deliver and then don't own up to not delivering, everybody knows about them whether or not there's there's a list like i talked to my friends about this month, but there's <laughs> yeah. a list. and it's it's the it's the inner circle list of like people know who's it gets around and unfortunately that's what happens 
Um, but there's, there's also a part I wanted to dig into a little bit that you talked about, um, where you said, you know, you were just convinced or you wanted to believe that you had to have an online funnel. And there's two, two really interesting things that one, my biggest million dollar product is sold through cold calls and cold emails. So that's all I do for it. And it works and it works every day. And I have tried, I've probably spent 25 or $30,000 and I, we run funnels very successfully for people. So it's not that funnels don't work. No, no, not at all. Which I know is not what you're saying, but even me who I run successful funnels for clients, this one product that we offer, it just doesn't work there right now, or it may never work there. And it's like, sometimes we, think we have to do something and there's no justified business reason for it or we just want to be be with the cool kids or whatever we think and then like and then it's it's horrible with the cool kids yes yeah and it's like I, i don't know man it's like it's just that's the that's the way that we get into trouble when we should just sit back and reflect and say okay what's working and how do i scale that yes yeah. And, and, and you know, the funny thing is what you just said, what's working. Yeah. That's like my whole business. That's the, the foundation of how I teach my clients. It's the foundation of my processes. Um, I was, I burned out many years ago. I got quite sick and I needed to figure out how to maintain my business while I was sick. And that's the only thought that came to me. What's mm-hmm. working. Yeah. I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford to do anything else. I mean, I literally did not have the energy for it. Um, and yet last year, it's just like, I lost my mind, but I mean, but the cool thing is out of last year, as much as it was expensive and very stressful, ridiculously stressful for eight years in business, my eighth year in business. Um, I am more convinced than ever that what I teach and how I run my business is, is valid, valuable, relevant. I mean, it's low tech and a high tech age. So sometimes you can start feeling like, oh, I'm such a geek, referrals, geeky. <laughs> but but yeah. for my business model and for coaches, coaches and consultants and trainers, this is how business is done. Yep. I'm I not do. out to revolutionize other than to bring people back to what's actually working. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy that we... Well, it's it's easy to get distracted with that stuff, and and hopefully the value out of 2018 for you is that you like it, it'll stick this time. Because for me, just I'll just say for me personally, I have had to learn a few lessons a few times, and then eventually they really stick. And I'm like, I'm good now. I'm not doing yep. that again because that was dumb. <laughs> and, uh, and oh yes, and, I and, totally agree. And it's okay to like, it's okay to invest in your learning. I always tell people, I only have a million dollars in my education and and counting. Uh, and and you're right it's like um i i just finished reading um fanatical prospecting the other day and there was a really good section there where he was talking about how everybody in the world can tell you all they want about inbound marketing and social marketing and social selling and all this other shit and he said it will never touch doing cold email and doing cold calls and specifically cold calls because if you reach out consistently enough then you can have a conversation. And I always tell people, I have a client that's been with me for, I think, 12 years now that I landed on a cold call and they refer me business and they're great clients. And like just the other day, we closed another deal from them. Um, 
and then I, my biggest clients that came in 2018 and my biggest contracts for 2019 came just from straight referrals. So you can talk all you want about all the new toys and end of the day, the stuff that worked, you know, a hundred years ago will still work well today. <laughs> and, and I mean, what it all comes down to like, where is your client? Yeah. So like what you're talking about with cold and, and so forth, that's where your client is. You've proven it. You found it. You have the systems around it. Yep. Um, I had someone today and they're like, I can't, one of my clients, they were just in a knot over Facebook live. I got to do Facebook live. And I was like, okay, so why? What's the purpose? How does it connect to everything else? Right. And most importantly, is your ideal client there? Yeah. Are they listening? Can you reach them there? And the answer was no. Then why are you gonna waste time doing it? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well then because, well, I'll tell you why, it's because that way you don't have to get face-to-face, voice-to-voice and be rejected, which is like deeply sociological, biological need to be accepted by the tribe. So we go, you have a fear of getting, being rejected, get over it. But this is deeply, deeply ingrained. So it's not just get over it, it's how do you take the steps? How do you show up as you? and speak your client's language, where it's like, it's more about, it's not about a dynamic of win-lose or reject or, or you know, close. It's about co- collaboration and, and connection. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think that, I think it comes back to like, a lot of what we're talking about comes back to like, you know, knowing yourself, like actually knowing yourself, because if yes. you show up authentically, then people will be attracted to that, obviously. And like, I was, um, I went through an amazing training beginning of last year, did a ton of personal work last year. And one of the things in the training was like, you only need to, you know, you only need to put out probably six or eight pieces of content a year, which I agree with that that can be done if that's the way that you want to tackle that and that fits you. And then you promote those things and we're, we're implementing a lot of that stuff. I totally agree with it. For me, I like posting on Facebook like six or eight times a day. I like doing lives. It works for me. It's effortless. Right fun. So I'm going to just do me and then everybody else can do it the way they want to do it. Yes. I think that we do get sucked into like, Oh, everybody's doing it this way. Or like chatbots was this way. Bitcoin was this way. You know, there's like little, there's little waves on LinkedIn or everybody's got to get on LinkedIn. I'm like, well, you should, and you can use it if it works, but I've been on there for years and I'll keep using it the way I'm using it, but hone in on one thing that really works for you. And then you can actually get results. And I, you touched on something super important that uh, one, that person that you're describing, like, oh, I got to do Facebook lives. It was a distraction from what the work they really need to do. And when you confront that, then people either go, oh yeah, you're right. And I'm going to work on that and I'll redirect, or they just give you bullshit and excuses and they push back and they push back. And those are hard people to help. Like it's hard to, it's, it's really hard to walk somebody through that can't self-reflect and say, oh, maybe I am just creating a distraction for myself so I don't have to do the important work that scares me. And you know, the the bridge that I have found, I work with I work with a lot of women. I do work with, I'm not working with more men lately too, which is kind of fun. They're a little more direct, which is awesome. Um, but for women in particular, the bridge between that, you know, I'm distracting myself and I'm doing these things so that I don't have to do these things um, I thought that the bridge really is uh, being really specific about language. Like, how do I say that? 
Um, if someone says they're interested, what do I say next? Getting very specific. And it's almost like if, if they can just put their feet into prescribed footprints, then it takes the, the scariness out of it. Yeah. Um, and I think going to creating language that is um, out of that win-lose dynamic. Um, an example is like, I do a lot of speaking and um, do a lot of speaking inquiries. And so I was stalled for years because I was afraid of getting rejected. And I was like, oh, what do they want? And how do I understand what their members need? And so what if I say I'm going to teach time management and they want marketing and how do I get it right? And it was this big, you know, mind fuck that I was doing to myself because I was, I was trying to be psychic. Yeah. <laughs> but when I finally, one day the thought came to me, these groups have a process for this. Why don't I ask about that? Huh. Okay. So the email I've been sending out for five years is what is the process for being a presenter for your group? I'd love to be considered. That's it. And so taking your language and always elevating it above the win lose and, and having it be about collaboration, connection, what is the process? Um, That's it's huge. so empowering. Yeah. And it can be done in, in so many different situations. That's just one of them. That, the language, having the right words, is huge. I never thought about that in the sense of, I I, well, let me say, I totally agree with the fact that your language is critical for any success or growth. So I totally agree on that. But I never thought of the way you just framed it of, like, stop making it a win-lose and, and make it a different conversation to start. And that's huge. I mean, that's game-changing and what I teach um, we're rolling out a course and I have like a beta group in it right now but what I teach my students to do is just have a discovery call have a conversation ask what they need don't go in and say like oh you need a phone or you need this or I'm gonna sell you this go in and have a conversation and say hey what are your challenges if you could wave a magic wand today Mary what would you change about your business and right. And let them tell you what they need. It's so much easier. And they will tell you. They and will. They will tell you. And guess what? Sometimes you're not going to be able to serve them, and it's not a failure not to sell them something. Exactly. What? Success. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we get so uh, a huge part of the coaching I do with with folks like that, and even in my top level year long program is like just talking people through like their own head trash their own stuff that they get stuck in their head with and they say you know oh well i can't do that or i'm too scared to do that or what if i don't have the right answer and i had a very in the end very productive call the other day but i was talking to somebody and they were trying to solve problems that were like two or three years out and i'm like and you weren't happy with me for a minute that's okay but i was like i said i'm not going to spend any resources on that and she's like i'm not asking you to i'm like yeah you are because this is my time and energy and my emotions and you are spending a lot of resources on this and that problem doesn't exist. And I said, when it exists, I said, it doesn't matter where I am in the world. If we're not working together, you can call me, you can find me out there. We can get on zoom. I will fix it for you. That's my promise to you today. Cause today I don't want you fixing it because you can't fix it. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I call those imaginary obstacles. Yes. And they are so big for people. Sometimes it was an interesting conversation. We all have them, but I was like, Holy shit. And I love it. Having someone who can call you on that because the thing is that you just totally empowered that person to pull them out of the things that they are putting in their way to do the things that need to be done. Yeah. 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 
I, I had something like that happen like very early on in my business where this guy was selling some kind of online advertising website tourist thing in Sedona and we laid out here are the activities you need to do he wanted to make ten thousand dollars a month and I said okay so you do this many activities with this date I mean God, this is the other part it's like the language getting very specific with that but also with the activity like just get specific just do the things check them off and then go play go whatever do whatever you want but get those get those priorities specific so we got up super specific he agreed to all of them so now that we're like oh I'd never do that okay you know we really crafted it for him yeah. and it was clear that within about three months if he just followed the plan he could you know there was a high probability he'd be making that 10 grand a month what he says is well, the thing is, is, if I have that many clients, I'm afraid my level of customer service is going to suffer. So I'm just going to start with doing half the activity. <laughs> I was like, dude, you just told me this, how much we want to make. We laid out a plan, exactly how to do it. And then you put something in the way. And I said, very similar to them. I said, Olin, I said, when we get to that problem, I said, I will roll up my sleeves and let's go, let's, we will solve that problem. You got me on your side. We're good. And handle. Yeah. And like, and, and then, and then like this person knows what I do for a living and knows that I can solve these problems and knows like what's going on. I'm, I'm like, I've solved that. I can solve it. I will solve it. It's not a problem. Like it'll, it'll tell you to get in. So then it, you really get into, to, I start asking people at that level, I say, why are you doing this? Why are you in business? Like, what's the point of this? What are you trying to do? And, you know, get to that level. And then, and then when I understand what they really want to do, then I say, well, then this is just a small obstacle in reality. And you do, are you going to do it or not? I mean, I get straight to like, yeah, if you don't want to do it, then don't, I'm not going to force you to do anything. But if you keep telling me you want to grow this, or you keep telling me you want to do this, then jump in and do it. Quit making excuses and just do it because it's not going to get easier until you start doing it. You got to practice it. You got to get good at it. And eventually you'll like emotionally disconnect from it enough that you don't care, which is okay in some activities or yeah. you'll put it and like it. And you'll be like, Oh my God, I'm so glad that somebody pushed me to do this or like one way or the other it'll work out. Or if it doesn't work, you'll know so fast because so, you just yeah. did it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I sometimes play the, the game. What's the worst that could happen? Like if yeah. someone's like, Oh, okay. So what would happen if they said no? Okay, and what would happen if then your dog bit you? And then what would, I mean, I actually, we're on the subject of big spectacular failures. <laughs> Many years ago, my husband and I, during the economic downturn, we lost our house. We had to declare bankruptcy. It was just like, it was awful. And actually, because of that, everything I've built is more precious because I know it didn't start from zero. It started like from underground. <laughs> But when we were trying to decide, you know, are we going to surrender to bankruptcy? We, we said, what's the worst that could happen? And we are in the fortunate situation where the worst that could happen is we end up living with our parents, which would suck, <laughs> but <You'd> survive. <laughs> survive. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes in this, in this world of happy, happy thing, positive, I know that's not a real super po um, like popular thing, but sometimes worst that can happen, showing yourself that the worst that can happen, actually like bringing it out of the, the mental space and the imaginings and so forth and bringing it out and giving voice to it, it takes the power out of it. Yeah. I love that. I couldn't agree more. And that's something I do with everybody all the time. I'm like, all right, so what's the worst that can happen? 
catastrophize. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, hold on. Let's let's write down reality. What's the yeah. real odds? Okay, write that down. Write this down. Write this down. Okay, so if all that stuff happens, will you survive? Yeah. Like if it just if you just totally blow up and fuck up your business and lose it, go bankrupt like I have, like you have. Look, we survived. Like we live in a we live in a wonderful country. We live in a wonderful world, and we live in a country where you can go bankrupt and you can start over again. Yeah. In 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 this world and in, in this moment today, we have somebody that you can say has gone bankrupt a few times and still is on top, in some senses. And uh, you, all of us can survive that and go through it. But it's the the fears that we make up and then we blow up and we make bigger and bigger. I mean, they become paralyzing and they will actually kill you. Like if you let that level of emotional and mental stress build and you don't address it objectively it will cause you physical problems. It could kill you. That's, that's the kind of stress that kills you. Yep. Absolutely. Well, yeah. this is fun. We're talking about stuff that kills you. <laughs> <laughs> Super positive. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, but yeah, like doing that exercise and what's really the worst that can happen, walking all the way through it. And then that allows you to put, if there is a legitimate uh, yes. concern or failure, put a plan B or C and put a backup plan in, just like yes. if my entire web server got nuked today, it would take me about 24 hours to rebuild it because I back up and there's a backup plan. Like the same yeah. thing in businesses should be there. And it's it's also very tied into what you said earlier where you said when you were sick and burnt out, you said, okay, what's working? Um, I am doing, intentionally doing an exercise this year for myself where I'm super compressing my time. So. Mm -hmm. Mondays, I do coaching all day long, 12 hours some Mondays, which I super like. I love it. It's super energizing. Um, it, it works for me. And then Fridays, I don't work. And so I have three days to get everything done for my company and my clients and stuff like that. And the great thing is it's it's causing me positive pressure and positive stress. And like this week, I'm looking at, man, I'm still trying to do too much implementation when I really should have that stuff to my team. Yes. And... Good. For people that are single, you know, solo entrepreneurs or small teams still, you can do things like that. You can, t I would highly encourage everybody to, to, for a year to take Fridays off if you have, if you could, if you work for yourself. And even if you're a small team, what that will do is it'll force you to go like, what do I really need to do? Because all this email admin or all this hanging around on Facebook that doesn't make me money, if, if that's you, you may make money on Facebook, that's great. Or whatever the thing is that doesn't make you money, like <laughs> stop doing it. <laughs> Because you have, like build that com intentional compression and then you'll actually prioritize the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I have found um, that that schedule wouldn't work for me just because of my rhythm of like how I do things. Right. But I, I agree with like the, the compression of time. I found that sometimes I'll have a whole day that I can work on developing stuff. And by about 11 o'clock, I'm like, I, I need some like chunks of things in between to shorten the time frames down like okay you have an hour to work on this you have right. those time frames and and i love working on this stuff with people um because there's i've seen all kinds of time management taught and i put myself in a complete tizzy probably about a decade ago when i was learning the technique like the one like this is the one that'll save your life and um what i realized well it completely freaked me out because it was all about like 
putting in your calendar every task in 15 minute increments. Do you see my shoulder coming up here? I'm like, because <laughs> it was awful. I, I scheduled Monday and Tuesday that way. And like on a Friday, I scheduled my Monday and Tuesday that way. And then I was stressed the whole weekend yeah. because there was no wiggle room. There were, it just freaked me out. And what I learned was you really have to listen to how you are built, you, how you naturally relate with time, um, how to work with it, how to work counterintuitively to it. Um, when are you sharpest during the day? How do you take advantage of that? Um, it's so important. And there's like, I think what I'm hearing in all the things we're talking about, it's like, there's not just one way. There's not one way to do things. And, and yeah. That's where, like, when people are selling stuff, they're like, this is the way you do it. I'm like, you. It should be, this is the way I do it, if you'd like this, to look my way. Right. This is the way I do it. Or here is the structure. Uh, here's the framework. You talk about framework. I talk about that, too. Here's the framework, and you have to insert who you are and express this framework your way. Yeah. And, and that's, where, that's where I get in trouble, is yeah. where I go, oh, they've got the answer. Yay. Yeah, there's uh, Rachel said something to me last year that really stuck with me. She always says very wise, insightful things, of course. But um, she said, she said, you can't do anything the normal way. And anytime you try to do it the normal way, it totally blows up in your face. You should just, you should just do it your way. <laughs> and so like, I mean, I knew that. But there's this weird part of like, even as entrepreneurs, we got into business, we got into doing our own thing to do it our own way. And then we have some success or not, and then we start trying to do it other people's way. Mm -hmm. And that's that's like counter to the whole origin of us being in business for ourselves. <laughs> okay, and then let's throw another spin on it. <laughs> Is that people are like, I'm gonna do it my way. And they have no entrepreneurial background. They have no thought for strategy. They, they think they're gonna set themselves on fire. People are gonna just come to see them burn, you know? And it's, that's there's, not Still, it's like you have to have a foundation of of knowledge about strategy. Yeah. You really, you have to have something. So how do you find that? Like, where is that line? Like, here's how I express myself. This is me. I'm going to do it my way. But doing it from a place of some foundational knowledge. If, yeah. I, I think you're right about that. I think, and I think that the, the realization for me, especially over the last few years, is that it, it all has to be principle-based and you have to teach mm -hmm. it from a principle basis. Yes. Because if I teach you the principles of effective communication, you can communicate authentically in the way you communicate. If I yes. tell you you have to use these words, that's a giant failure. Because <laughs> you can, like what I just heard from you earlier about how you communicate, you want, you have, you want to step out of the win-lose and make it a win-win. That's mm -hmm. a principle. I don't have yes. to say it the way that you said it though. <laughs> I'm going to yes. say it the way I want to say it and the way that it's authentic to me. And so I agree that people don't have the principles in place and then they fail. And then when, even when people bring the principles to them, they want to reject them because principles and foundational stuff are hard. That's why they're called foundations. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so, so that's, you do have to come to it with the work ethic. You do have to be willing to learn somebody else's way, framework, mm -hmm. the perfect ways. You have to log some time and then you have to be able to transition and pivot to just standing on the principles, just standing on the foundational stuff and doing it your way. Because 
you learning that one way of time management. Now you look back and laugh, but it didn't hurt you to learn a technique or a, tr a process. No. There are some people who that works beautifully for, and I can, well, and I'm laughing harder about the, the learning the principles and it's hard because I hired uh, a coach to help me do some of the stuff I do with my clients, but I need that outside perspective. And um, she identified something about my ideal client that I hadn't seen before. And it's hard. It's really, <laughs> it's hard because, so this is, so I do, my whole thing is like really simple client generation. Like what is the simplest way, mm -hmm. low tech usually, um, and basing it on just really simple principles and what you're best at and what you enjoy. Okay, so that's my thing. And what my clients like is that I'm very structured. It's like, I just put the, we put these simple steps together that they enjoy doing and it's very specific. So there's not a lot of guesswork and there's not a lot of time wasted and they actually work really fast. Mm -hmm. So I love that. The thing that I haven't been doing because it's not my first language is I haven't been bringing in the, the emotional piece and yeah. my people are, they're the feelies, you know, and, and I, and I am, to like my first, my top um, value is impact. If mm. I'm make, not making a difference, I'm so bored. I'm, I'm, I'm completely deflated. I don't have any interest in it. So I am that person too, but I've, cr I've, I've created a crutch where I am all about the pragmatic, the step, 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 step. And there are some people I'm missing because they don't understand that I understand them. Yeah. And it is one of those principles that I missed for eight years. And, <laughs> and, and I'm laughing because I, I'm very willing to like do the work and do the worksheets and do the calls and everything. But now I'm having to like do an emotional rearrangement. I'm like this, I'm having a lot of empathy for my clients right now <laughs> because it's hard. We have to be ourselves and we also have to know how to speak the foreign language of our ideal clients. Yeah. And I know this and I teach this and I work with my clients on it all the time. And now I'm getting to experience it. Firsthand. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, uh, I totally know what you mean. Cause like I'm super systems and process oriented and I just want to tell people do the thing, like just yeah. do it. Like, cause at the end of the day, they do have to just do it. I mean, that's the truth. However, I think that last year, 2018 for me was I, I'm, I always try to work on myself. I'm always actively learning and growing. Like that's, uh, that's in a core of who I am. The last year was just above and beyond. And the biggest thing that I worked on was developing my empathy. And like, it sounds like super basic, but for me, that was something that just really didn't exist at the level it does now. I mean, it wasn't that it didn't exist, but that's, it's, it was, it's been a challenge over my life and I had grown slowly in it. Uh, but I really focused in on that. And man, it's hard to learn a new language. It's, um, it's hard to, to build that foundational stuff. And I mean, I can totally relate, but then, then you can, you can empower people at such a great level when you emotionally yes. understand them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm just, I'm incredibly grateful. And I think part of it too is, you know, it goes back to what I was talking about before, like, um, you have to have the, you were saying the principles, having the principles and doing it your way. Right. And I feel like I, 
it's this constant, like it's, it's a give and take. It's like you go forward with one foot with doing things your way. And then you learn some principles that allow you to figure out how to base your way in a, at a deeper level, a more strategic level. Yeah. And I feel like last year I was really, uh, well, last year's a little weird, but as far as like the stuff that was working, I was really doing it my way. And this year I'm putting forward a foot of like learning principles mm-hmm. to connect more. And, and I'm developing that empathy for yeah. my clients because I'm kind of like, well, this is so simple. And it's like, oh, actually, yes. It's yeah. simple to you. That's, that's it. yeah, and and recognizing that is really helpful because then you can you can you, I mean you talked earlier about having a conversation at a different level. That's a different level of conversation when you just stop the work that you're trying to do, and you stop and say, "Hey, man, it, it really feels like you're really struggling today, Mary. Like, what's going on? Let's talk about that first. Like, and just set aside all the to dos and then yep. solve the deeper problem, and then the to dos are super easy. Yes. But, understanding at that level or being willing to do it or having awareness or sensitivity about a new area, a new skill is hard. It takes a ton of work. And uh, what comes to mind is um, there's this song by Macklemore, 10,000 Hours, and I play all the time. It's my favorite, one of my favorite songs. But it, he talks about how the masters didn't, you know, just wake up and paint one day. Like Michelangelo didn't just go, oh, and like whip it out. <laughs> What the masters did is they copied off the, the masters before them for decades, not, not a few months, a couple of years, for decades. And then after they truly understood how to do it in the traditional way or the way that the people before them did it, then they branched out and they created their own flavor and their own way, and then they became the masters. And that's what you have to be willing to do as an entrepreneur in cycles. Early on, you have yes. to log yeah. the time. You have to get it good. You have to learn the one time management way. You have to do all the things. And yeah. then then you shift into like, oh, I kind of have this figured out. After a few years, it's not, it's not in a few months. Um, and then it cycles back. Like I put myself back in school, so to speak, all the time because I want to learn and get better. There's always something that's more masterful at a certain area or more impactful or does something differently or better. And I'm willing to log the time and figure it out because that's what elevates the impact that we make on the world as entrepreneurs. Yep. Absolutely. So. Well, well it sounds like we just got it all figured out. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have the one way, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but this is really helpful and I, I sincerely appreciate you just talking about what you what you're learning and like failures and things like that because that's important to me um, and it's important to me to always show like really honestly and authentically to our audience and to the people that we lead and serve like when we do well and when we make mistakes because it, the people that are always perfect obviously aren't perfect and they're lying to you and it's dangerous to follow that type of person and I I want to set an example of, hey, I fail. This is how things go. This is what you can learn from it. And my failure, I treasure my failures. And I talk about them for a reason because they they do help other people go forward. And I want people to know that when they screw up and fail, it's just, um, it's something that I'm actually shifting language. Talk about that a lot this year is everything is beneficial. So that experience you had in 2018, very beneficial. So yeah, yeah and it's like, so I just really appreciate you being a real entrepreneur and a real leader in our community of entrepreneurs. So thank you. That's my pleasure. I know um, the 
sharing the failures. Um, and actually, two things just came up. So um, when when I was very early on in my entrepreneurial career, I, I was getting some coaching from a, com a company that was very buttoned up and they just everything looked perfect. And I, I was very young in the personal growth space. And so I never, I thought, oh my gosh, all these people run marathons and they eat, you know, vegetables all day and like absolute perfection. And so if I ate a Twinkie one day, I was doomed to fail. I mean, it was just like this total, it was a setup, so total sabotage. One day, this, the owner of this coaching company said, oh, I had a terrible day. I stayed on the couch all day the other day. And I was like, and a light bulb, huge light bulb went on for me. And I was like, you can succeed and fail a day or even a week or a project and yeah. still succeed. That's one of the most important moments in my career. Mm. Yeah. Now, right alongside that <laughs> is that I was doing business coaching while I was going through my bankruptcy. I did not share about my bankruptcy. It didn't actually have anything to do with my business. It had to do with a decade of bad, bad financial decisions right. and impurity. Mm -hmm. But it would not have, it would have been irrelevant right. and harmful to me. So there's this, it's like using some discernment around that transparency. Yeah. That's a really good point. I would agree with that. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you definitely have to know what to share and what's going to actually serve and help your audience. And yeah, I would agree that's, yeah. that's relevant. And then later, it might be relevant or helpful when you're talking to somebody that's dealing with you know, has made a bunch of bad decisions financially, personally, and like, then you can speak to it. But yeah, there, there are definitely times to keep things to your tight knit circle, to your family, to people that you trust and solve them. And then, you know, and then bring them out or not later. So yeah, yeah I would totally agree with that because we're not saying share it all, all the time. Cause that's just, it's just noise at that point. It's self-indulgent. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's manipulative. Yeah. It's pity party style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <clears throat> awesome. Well, this has been super valuable and helpful, so I appreciate that. Um, if everybody wants to check out what Mary is up to, you can go to moreclientslessmarketing.com or you can go to marykravitz.com. We'll have that in the show notes, of course, um, and I dropped that in for those that are watching live. Um, but super appreciate you hanging out today and sharing with our, you know, with my audience and just teaching on, on what you've been learning. So thank you. It's my pleasure, Gabe. Thanks so much for having me back. You've been listening to Today's Business Leaders with Gabe Arnold. Remember to subscribe on iTunes. For more information, visit todaysbusinessleaders.com. Yeah.